see what Abba has done to bring you back into his family. Cost him everything, but he was glad to pay it. So, Father, thank you for the death of the Lord Jesus in my place. I receive his broken body now to bring me to wholeness in you. In Jesus' name. God committing himself to humanity for eternity, pouring life into us that we would have life in all its fullness. So Lord, as we receive this symbol of your blood, we receive eternal life in all its abundance. In Jesus' name. loved by the one who is love. Take a moment to pass the baskets for our tithes and offerings. Pass one that way and I'll take the other one the other way. If you need a receipt, cash, use an envelope. If you're giving by check, then you can just go ahead. You pass those around from row to row. And if you want to give by text, you can text a dollar amount to 84321. That will just give you a link back that you can follow the steps very easily to do that. Some of you know that we had a Father Heart Ministries A School here this past week. And I wanted to take a moment to hear some feedback, some testimony from those who are at the school. Just scanning the room and I can't see any of them. Oh, there's one. <laughs> um, oh, and there's Rose too. I don't. I'll be back in a second. So, let, Ira, come and tell us what uh, what you received from the school, what God did, what uh, stood out to you. Sorry. Hi. Uh, it definitely was a lot to absorb and to take in. Probably would be beneficial for me to maybe re. Uh, but I definitely did receive a lot of just ongoing, almost like an incoming input of the Father's love. Like always, 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 always. Of course, I've experienced that before, but it's at, the, at a deeper level anyone to, to do an A school and then go forth to a B school and a C school. Whatever schools that are afterwards, you know, but um, uh, it definitely was encouraging. There's the, there, are the, there are those moments within the, the gatherings where it was just so profoundly intimate. I did not want to either get up off the floor or get, off, get up out of my seat the meeting on Tuesday, we had come to a point where we were dancing to some music, but I, I couldn't get up off the floor. I was just receiving this, this like waves and waves of peace, and I'm still in that. Wonderful. Yeah, the, the, it's, to call it a school is actually slightly of a misnomer because it's uh, kind of bait and switch, really. We get you here to think you're going to take notes and learn something, and then you have this experience of the Father's love, and you don't take notes. We don't let you. Pen out like, take a... No, we don't. Ide, <laughs> um, Rose, both of you were at the school. Either of you want to share something of what God said or did for you through that week? Come on, Mama. You can both come. (laughs) 
heard about it, but not in the churches that I've been. I mean, but is the Lord for giving me. in my heart through him it was I know I forget I'm sorry <laughs> Refreshed me, renewed me. He'll go back to, he gave me my breath back. My favorite character was Tigger. He came back. But I lost her. And she's not going back in the box. <laughs> That's what he did with me. Back really take the course and don't take notes. Bring a blanket in your pillow and just let him lay you out. <laughs> and it is coming back uh, November, uh, I think 6th through 11th or somewhere around there. Uh, we'll put the dates out later. But uh, plan now, if you haven't done an A school, to take a week off work or to take a week out of your routine to be here um, because it really does change your life. And, uh, if you've done one before, you can do another one. This was our sixth or seventh, I think. Do a secret. The reason we keep hosting these is because we benefit. You can benefit too, but we benefit. This is good. Now, Sherry, you had something to share from a dream through the week that I think is really relevant to all of this. By the way, those of you who are visiting us, this is family, and the reason we gather is not to have a service, but have a meeting meeting with each other and meeting with God. And so we're hearing what God is up to, what God is doing, how God is moving, and everything that's shared adds to the celebration of God's activity. God's doing all kinds of stuff at the moment, isn't he? In the dream, I'm going to, make, I'm going to condense it really quick. I was carrying a briefcase. In the briefcase, it was full of bottles of oil. Most of them were small, clear bottles, about this big with corks. And there was one big blue one. Very briefcase, because you mean business. You're taking, you know, you're going to your business, right? Because, of course, there are the anointings and giftings. It was going by a computer. Computers, how nowadays you reach the world. I have to have this too. And it looked like a big spotlight or something. I have to buy one of these. You need it. And I said, Through all this, the Lord was telling me that I put corks, oils, and giftings that He's given me that I'm supposed to take to the world. And um, so I asked the Lord, I said, When did this happen? that you court what it is. Driving home, and all of a sudden the Lord showed me. I almost wrecked my car when he showed me because I went like, ah! Okay. It was, I wanted to know what was in the blue bottle. And so I said, I want to know. So I prayed and prayed and prayed. visions about trusting him. Okay. So I said, okay, God. Got back. When did I lose? I didn't lose it, but A completely severed ACL, so the was completely up. 
completely crushed to a blood clot that went through my heart and gave me an aneurysm in my aorta to a broken sternum to a shoulder blade that was stuck up underneath my, my rib head stuck on my shoulder blade for three years. I couldn't lift my arm more than this. This is all in six years' time. Every one of these ate the Lord to heal it. Last one, when I was just turned 69, broke my hip. Hey, God. And I prayed and prayed, nothing. So I asked the doctor, what's my options? He said, you can lay here and suffer for eight weeks or you can get it replaced. Replace it. Cried and cried and cried because I didn't trust the Lord to heal it. That's why I lost a measure. Put a cork on it. And since then, you know, I've had nothing happen. It's like Satan says, ha ha, I won. So since then, I've had minor little things, but nothing major has happened to me. All that happened in six years, right? Cork that bottle. Oh. 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 And you uncork the bottle. You have to let it flow because what he gives us, we have to take. Take the purchase. That's why I was carrying a briefcase in a dream to purchase. Things and anointings he's given us to purchase. And if you put a cork on it and don't use it, look into yourself. Is there something you're corking up that you're not using to its full extent? Go ahead and use it because God gave it to us. It's time. It's March. It's time to march forward. It's time to use everything. It's time to focus on the Lord. It's time to use That one. I, actually, I'm going. I uncorked all of them. You know, they're all in there. <laughs> I, I don't. Yeah, I just, I just went. Oh, okay. I forget through the blue one and almost wrecked the car. I said, okay. Just, he showed me what each one was. And well done, Sherry. Thank you. It's the season for. It's the season for uncorking what God has put in you. And we said that 2024 is the year of the open door. Laura's got something to share. Hi. So as some of you may know, we have two weeks until Sister's Closet strikes again. Um, we have got a church center group established. So if anybody is interested in helping in any way, shape or form with that or spirit then if you can let me know after the meeting and I will get you added to the group so we can coordinate plans. As many hands on deck as possible would be awesome because we have a lot of clothes this time and not that much time to do it. Thank you. Amen. Jane and I will be on TV on Tuesday morning to promote Sister's Closet. So, on the Fox station. There are all kinds of exciting things happening. I hadn't noticed. This is why we share testimonies, to see what God is up to. And we've got one more testimony before I share some scriptures with you. Renee, come and tell us what's been happening with the youth. My wobble. Um, so we have a youth group that meets every Thursday. It is the church youth. Um, if you look around, actually see any youth. <laughs> but we have a group that gathers on Thursday. So these kids come from other locations, other places, and they make it their point in getting here on Thursday. So by all means, I'm like, thank you, Lord. So I was approached by another um, uh, friend I guess we'll call her. And uh, she was like, we should get our kids together and have a joint meeting. I'm like, cool. So we set it up. And last night we met. And um, when I tell you we got kids that are introverted and shy and like, I can't even talk to you, even though I've known you for all of my life. Those are these kids. So we've got 11 kids in here last night. And um, uh, hold on, you guys. You come here. Watch yourselves out. Come on. So these are actually three of the kids that were here last night. So 
my nephew KJ and Sabin. Sabin has just been uh, introduced to the youth group on Thursday last week and came Saturday. And then my nephew came. Well, Sabin already brought a friend Saturday. And it was both of their first encounters with us. But um, so we have 11, 12, up to 18 year olds. And when I tell you that these kids just hit it off, it was like I, we had such a good time last night, y'all. Alex set up, we had DJ worship, we were in here for almost an hour, like lights out, like spotlights on, just worshiping and dancing and flagging and praising and kids that don't normally pick up a flag and worship the Lord or picking up flags and worshiping and 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 just having a really good time. And they're interacting with each other and they're sharing and they're moving and they're excited and they're requesting stuff. Then we transition to a dinner and they sit and they have a family style dinner and they're sharing and they're talking and they're communicating and they're making connections. And then we get up and they have, um, I've made like a question and answer kind of time where they had to kind of interact again. But these kids did not want to leave. We were done at eight and it was eight 45 and we're still in the parking lot. Like, all right, are we going? Are we going? And they're all like, da, 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 da. God is moving. Now is the time. And he is calling. He's calling you guys. He's calling you right out. And he's calling you quickly because now is the time that you are going to be moving to bring in your friends, to bring in others. And it's through your generation that these things are going to happen quick. It was such a good time. Like, I I don't think I felt that much. Like, I just had fun. I got home and I was like, man, I didn't go to bed till 2 last night. I had to make sure Alex got home safe. But I was like, I, I didn't go to bed. I was like, I got stuff to do. So, but it was such a renewing. Like, I know you all talk about renewing at the, the A school. But, like, there was such a renewal in just seeing these kids connect and seeing the kids, like, New kids coming in and just getting to that place of like, we are going to worship, we are going to connect, we are going to have this time together and not have any shame or guilt or like, I can't do that. I'm not going to sit down and talk about my feelings. I'm not going to share that with you all. And they were doing it and they were happy to do it and they were agreeable and they were just, it was beautiful. Like it was so beautiful and I felt like, wow, I have such a renewed, um, just a renewal like in my fire and I'm just ready so I'm telling you all be ready and this so was it about 9 30 last night Jane's phone rang <laughs> and I could hear <laughs> it was wonderful Is this one. I want to talk about God's mercies being new every morning, bringing us into freedom. That's what we've been hearing about, isn't it? That's the, the testimony from the youth. That's the testimonies from the school. Every one of you could share a testimony of some way that God has brought you into a new level of freedom. Because that's what he's doing in our midst, and that's why we're a community together. And this is a freedom community where it's safe to meet with God, where it's safe to be yourself, where it's safe to receive and to get free from whatever it is that holds you back. And also then to become who you've been created to be. Because none of us is yet fully who we're created to be. We need to go through that process, like Sherry was talking about, of uncorking whatever we've corked up. And I want to talk a little bit about that this morning. So you become who you've created, you're created to be so that you can give God's love away to the people around you. That's what the youth are already doing. That's what many of us in this room are already doing. Everywhere you go, you're giving love away because you've received love in a deeper measure because of being part of God's family. And it's beautiful and it's wonderful. We get to join in with whatever it is that God is pioneering here in the Grand Strand uh, through this church family. 
True freedom is living in community where each one is living as God designed them to be. That's true community, where you become more you than you were before you found us. Where you get to live out who you're designed to be and the people around you benefit. True community. God designed us for community. You see, the old way, the, the religion way, if you like, is where we do things for God to establish our identity in God. So we've got to do something to please God or to, or to look like we should look or whatever. And that's what establishes your identity. But that's not the right way because um, God says that you have a unique design and a unique destiny and that is your identity. And it's not for you to do something to get to God. It's actually that you live out of who God says you are and show that to the world. It's a completely the opposite direction. Um, it's, the, it's that you do things from rest in your identity in God. That's what God wants for us. So let me ask you this. How do you spell sin? S-I-N. Thank you. What's the central letter of that word? This is why God has put us in community, because the center of sin is I. You were not designed to live your life independent and separate from everybody else. Now, for most of us, that should be good news. For some of us, we look around and think, oh, I'm not sure if that is good news. I'll live life with this lot. But God has a plan. Yeah? God has a plan. But the center of sin is I. Or to put it another way, all of my effort to do something for God is rooted in my independence. It's rooted in me trying to prove something about me so that God will like me, God will accept me, God will approve of me, or whatever. It stinks how I know it stinks is because I've lived that way for the majority of my life. But you don't have to stay there. God has brought us together for us to experience the same kind of freedom that Caleb experiences. I saw him wandering around somewhere. Yeah, okay. You know, now that is not a distraction, that is a demonstration. Because God designed each of us walk in his love and to know nothing other than being loved. Just like that little guy does. Yeah? Holy Spirit sometimes will have to pursue us to see what we're up to, just like Laura's doing with Caleb now. Sometimes to rescue us from ourselves, that's okay. God didn't design us to be independent. God didn't design us to live like orphans. An orphan is someone who lives like they don't have a parent who cares for them. Caleb is not an orphan. Neither are you. The orphan comes, we've said this many times before, comes from the orphan spirit, who is the one who in Isaiah 14 said, I will do this, I will do that, I will make myself like the Most High. And he got rejected because of that. And I will look after those. Thank you. Saw that one coming. Yes, you are a wonderful demonstration of what we all want to be like when we grow up. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure I want to, actually. <laughs> the more I look at Caleb, the less I want to grow up. In Isaiah 14, Satan said, I will, five times, and that got him cast out of heaven. That's exactly the same spirit that he was able to infect humanity with in the garden, and we have all lived with that I will spirit. Let me add that on, since I managed to get the pens back. Well, comes out of that center of sin, doesn't it? Yeah, I do my thing. Very often, if I'm a believer, I'm doing my thing to try to earn something from him. Or to look like something special to all of you. Both of those 
our sin because it's pretending and it's striving. Love the story in Luke 15 about the lost son. Not because of what the sons were like, but because of what the father was like. Do you remember the older brother? He was the one who all the way through says, all these years I've been slaving for you. I've been doing all the right things. Look at all this list of all the right stuff I've been doing. And you never even gave me a young goat. Some of us as Christians can live like that. Because we don't have a revelation of how loved we are. We don't have a revelation of our true identity as children of God. I will is always sin because God's nature is let us. On the school, and this is to kind of summarize a whole hour-long teaching into two seconds, but we put a circle of chairs, three chairs in a circle. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in a circle, enjoying one another, sharing love with one another, and saying, hey, let's have a good idea here. Let's create humanity to come and sit in the circle with us. Let us create humanity. Let us create some more like us to have authority over this beautiful creation we've created. Live and work with us to oversee this whole picture. That was Genesis 2 and Genesis 1. But of course, Genesis 3, it all goes wrong because the I will guy comes along and tricks us into doing the wrong thing and saying, yeah, I will take the fruit that God said I shouldn't. As soon as I say I will, I lose it because God created me for let us. He wants to work in relationship with us. God's nature is let us and our failure is when we do I will. The freedom, God, the, the freedom that God brings us into is returning us to that design of collaboration, cooperation, community, all of those com words uh, that belong in the body of Christ. We were created for interdependence, not just me and God, but me and you and God. We're created to work together with the Trinity in order to make a difference in this world. We need freedom where our lives have got corked up, as Cherry's dream showed us. We need freedom where things have been stolen from us where we didn't seem to get what it was that God had designed for us. Uh, Jesus says in John 10, verse 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came that they may have life and have it more abundantly. He says he's addressing the issue that goes all the way back to the garden where the thief steals from us what we were made for. He steals our design, and therefore he steals our identity. But Jesus has come to give us life in abundance. Now, when it says the thief comes to destroy, it makes us think of him having some kind of flamethrower or something. He wants to burn us up. But actually what it is, is it's more the kind of destroying that happens when you leave something unused or broken. Jesus said, John 3.16, the most famous verse, can all quote it to me, I'm assuming. God so loved the world that he, whoever believes in him, shall not perish. That's the same word. The Greek word is apolumi. Shall not perish in that verse is the same as the thief comes to destroy. He uses that same word in another place after the feeding of the 5,000 where he tells the 12 disciples to grab baskets and to pick up all the leftovers. Why was that? Anybody remember? Why did he ask the disciples to pick up all the leftovers? To pick up all the broken pieces so that nothing will be wasted. Same word again. So you put these three together, what it means is God is in the business of uncorking the bottles. God is in the business of putting back together what you and I have broken in our lives. God is in the business of restoring anything that we have made a mess of. So the shall not perish but have eternal life is not some ticket to sitting on a cloud with a harp sometime in the future. 
It means that the eternity that you were created for begins right here, right now, in relationship with your father and in relationship with the rest of his family. This is eternal life. It's going to be much better than this in the fullness of time, but this is pretty good already. Isn't it, Caleb? Yeah. So we get to experience that gathering up. Like little people like this can often experience being gathered up. Loved. Wasn't appreciated. A very helpful illustration of what we all want to be like. And I have a special week. Dad and I go for a chat at the park and we go to the playground and he's figured it out now. I am the one who holds him while we play on those outdoor drum things that they have at the kids' playground. I have to hold him up so he can do this. It's great. First time I thought I was just doing him a favor. Second time he ran straight to the drums and looked at me as if to say, well, come on, where are you? He's <laughs> got it all figured out. God's plan is for there to be no loss and no wastage in our lives. That's what God wants for you and for me. The thief's strategy is to steal what he can. Because he hates the fact that you're enjoying abundance in God's plan for you. Let me ask you this. When you go to the mall or the grocery store and you park your car in the parking lot, do you lock your car? Why do you lock your car? So that nobody comes and gets in and steals something. Yeah, absolutely. You get so many news reports, don't you? People just park their car in their driveway and they come out the next morning and their wallet's gone or their gun's gone or whatever's gone because they didn't lock their car. It's like, duh. <laughs> but how many of us don't take care to lock our minds in the right places so that we live in the restoration and abundance that God has for us? that the enemy doesn't steal in here or in here in our hearts. Just the same as when we take our car to the, to the parking lot, we, we lock it, don't we? We need to watch for those thought patterns or those expectations or those judgments that we make of ourselves where we think that God didn't do what he should do or that I don't qualify. You know, there's all kinds of um, expectancies that cause my life, my heart, to be unlocked to let the enemy come and pick away at what God has been doing. It's a little bit like Sherry was talking about in her testimony. There was that whole season in life where the enemy was just kind of nibbling away at the edges. He couldn't change her salvation. He couldn't change her relationship with God, but he could steal where he could around the edges. He was trying to be a nuisance. He was trying to, be a, uh, to sabotage what God had for you. God doesn't want that. We often have those kinds of thoughts, don't we? How many of well, don't show, don't raise a hand. I'll raise my hand. How many of you wake up in the middle of the night and have a thought you didn't want to have? Yeah, <laughs> you know, I shouldn't have done this, or I shouldn't have done that, or what if this happens, or what if that doesn't happen, or all of that stuff. And there's this kind of mental hamster wheel in your head. Oh, sorry, I'm mixing so many metaphors together here, but I think you get where I'm going. It just goes spinning, doesn't it? Need to learn to stop the spin. So that we can step back into what God has for us. It might be to do with me. I'm all alone. Or no one will ever care for me. Or nobody understands me. Or I'll never be who God wants me to be. Those kinds of thoughts. Or it might be about God. You know, God didn't do what I needed him to do. God didn't heal me when I asked him to. God didn't do this when I... Or whatever. But whatever those spinning thoughts are, we need to catch them and, and deal with them. Psalm 19 says, uh, Keep back your servant from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. What goes on on the inside comes out in our words and in our actions. And that's why it's so important that we keep track of it and we don't let the enemy open an unlocked car 
without us going, hey, stop that. Now, if you go out of the grocery store and somebody's opening your car door, you're not going to go, oh, okay, never mind. Are you? But the enemy does it in our minds and in our hearts in the middle of the night or whenever you've got a, a quiet moment, he comes and just tries to steal it away. And we've got to learn to say, no, stop it. Yeah? Interesting. I'm doing a, a, a class right now. This is take every thought captive, by the way. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5, if somebody needs a scripture for it. We need to take every thought captive. I'm doing a class right now that's not a, a Christian uh, thing at all. It's to do with brain science, actually. But it's about not sticking with negative thought patterns. So whenever something negative starts spinning in your head, take note of it, but then stop it. Did you know you can train your brain to go where you tell it to? We do all kinds of weird little things like rub your fingers together and feel the fingertip ridges. Now I'm telling my brain to focus on something that's not, I'm useless, I'm terrible, I'm, God didn't. I'm just telling my brain to focus. Or I just take a minute and watch my breathing. Just focus on my breathing. Breathing. Every time a thought comes back and, yeah, yeah, but, 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 but. No. Just training my brain to go where I tell it to. My favorite ones is wiggle your toes. You've got ten toes. Can you find them all? You're doing it now, aren't you? <laughs> you see, we can tell our brains where to go. And I would add on to that, and after I've found all ten of my toes, now I'm going to say, now what does God say about me? What is God's truth in this situation? What's my true identity as a child of God? Add it all in. It's it's building muscle into my self-control, which is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Now, it's not that I have to make myself do all the things I can't do. It's that I have to practice positioning myself to live the way God designed me to live. Having dominion over my thought processes to align them with God. That is righteousness. Righteousness is being aligned with God. It's a gift from Jesus. We can't create it ourselves, but we can step into it as we practice some of these things and stop ourselves just running off down the enemy's pathway. The thing is, we're so used to going down the orphan path that we don't remember to live like sons and daughters. We need to break that pattern just to focus on today. Here's an important thing. We, we sang Lean Back in the Arms of a Loving Father, didn't we? That's one of my favorite songs because it's exactly where we need to stay. You see, Caleb doesn't try to be loved. He just accepts it. You saw him when I picked him up. He's like, yeah, that's what you should do. I'm lovely. Oh, you know, I know you. I trust you where I belong. Anytime I need embracing, I can just go, Wah! and somebody will embrace me. As Renee's discovered, if you happen to be out of favor at some moment, then sometimes I don't want you to embrace me, but other times, it's fine. Yeah? Especially if it's mum. There you go. <laughs> exactly. So we lean back into our true identity means you've got to wiggle your toes or rub your fingertips together to help you get back to that, do it. Because you're training yourself to be who you're made to be. Royer will lie to you. Father will tell you the truth. Here's a funny thought. I'm grateful for religion. That's man's efforts to get to God. 
because it's taught me who I'm not. Remember what Jesus said to the religious system? John 8, 44. He said to the religious leaders, you're of your father the devil. Your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning. He doesn't stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he's a liar and the father of lies. One who's trying to get into the unlocked car of your mind. Religion will never bring us to God. I'm grateful for the times that I've been kind of stuck in the religious system, as many of us have been, if you've been a follower of Jesus for more than a little while, you've experienced the religious system somewhere along the way. And I want to encourage you, don't look back on that with judgment, look back on it with gratitude, because it's shown you something that God wants you to see. It's a little bit like you reached out and you touched that warm glow on the top of the stove, and then you found out that it's hot. Don't stay in it. Oh, this is hurting. <laughs> experience the heat. Or if I change the analogy again, I realized by being stuck at times in a system that made me admit when I didn't fit, I realized that I truly have a father who knows that my identity can't be in what I do. Because the religious system will tell you, do this, do that, do the other, right? Do, 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 do. But I don't want to live in do-do. Because that's the younger son. Story we talked about. Already said that the older brother was the one who's like, I've been doing all of this for you. Well, the younger son was covered in doo doo as well, wasn't he? Different kind of doo doo, but still stank. Here's what I want you to catch your identity is not something you cultivate, it's something that's revealed when the father cleans the doo doo off you. When you return to your father and get cleaned up, remember what happened to the younger son? His true identity was revealed again. He never stopped being a son, even when he was off doing his own thing. True freedom is to be in Father's house and cleansed of all of my own effort. That's what God has designed us for. It's revealed and not developed. Because what God wants us to do to know freedom is to be still and know that I'm God. I was looking at this for, for a session I taught on the school, and it hit me far more strongly than it has before. I've always said that that verse from Psalm um, 46, verse 10, is all about ceasing striving. I looked up the Hebrew word for be still. It's one word. And what it means is drop it. Any of you got a dog that won't do what you tell it? How many times have you said, drop it? What God says to us, whenever we get into our spinning hamster wheels, he's like, drop it. Or did, again, I, sorry, I'm throwing so many metaphors and analogies in this morning, but it's stop, drop, and roll. Anytime you smell smoke, in your heart, in your life, stop, stop it. Roll over into your true identity in the Father. Stop, drop, and roll. Be still and know. Here's the final thing I want you to catch about freedom. It comes from rest, be still and know. The Greek word for knowing is not this kind of knowing in your head. The Hebrew word for knowing is not this kind of knowing in your head. The Hebrew word is yada. The Greek word is ginosko. Both of them are used of creating new life. Teenagers in here? No. They're both used for making babies. 
See, if you're going to truly know, you've got to become naked. You've got to allow God to uncover the true you. Be still and know that I'm God. So instead of being covered in shame or striving, trying to put on a good face, it puts us in safe places where we can be real. Him and with one another. Our goal and our aim as a church family is to be that kind of place where nobody will be shocked by anything you need to be open about because we believe God can step into that situation and bring true identity to you to help you step out of what you used to be and into what he wants you to be. That is true freedom. It is the time, like Sherry said, for us to uncork the bottle and to march forward in the anointing of our true identities. It's like Ide was saying about the school. There's just this whole fresh new life has come back to her from the revelation. It's what Rose was saying from the school, that I now know God's love in a way that I never discovered before. That is our inheritance, to be free. Because the Son... Jesus said in John 5, verse 19, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. That's what the Son does. The Son can do nothing of himself. My orphan says, but Jesus could do anything. <laughs> Surely Jesus could, you know, do a bit here and a bit there that he wanted to without the Father telling him, because isn't he mature enough to do No. Jesus says, I can do nothing. I looked up that Greek word as well, and it means nothing. Right, let me read it to you, because I, again, I was shocked by this. This is a powerful negating conjunction. Any English majors? Yeah. That means it's, you can't get around it. It rules out by definition. It shuts the door objectively and leaves no, no exceptions. So when Jesus says the Son can do nothing, he literally means nothing, except what he sees the Father do. Your calling, your destiny, your identity is to know your Father at that level that you only do what Father's doing. Because then you'll find yourself making phone calls at 9.30 at night saying, guess what Father's doing with our youth? Or you'll find yourself the next time you meet with a friend saying, Guess what Father did for me in this setting or that setting? Guess what I've discovered out of my relationship with these weird people and my Heavenly Father? I've discovered I'm lovely. I've discovered I have purpose. I've discovered that there's something good about me. We want you to be free to be you. That's what we exist for. That's what God has called us for. So until I can catch the thoughts and the patterns that belong to the old way, I will struggle to step into the new way. But my destiny, your destiny too, is to step into the new way where everything I do flows out of resting in being loved. Close our eyes. Father, thank you that you love the children and you show us what you're doing. Whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner, for the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does and will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. You've spoken to our hearts again this morning that we are yours. Love us. You created us for relationship. You said that because you love us, you want to show us what you are doing. So, right now, Father, I want to say my heart is open to you. See what you're doing and to join in with I choose to keep 
the car of my heart locked against the enemy coming in and stealing. I choose to keep the car of my heart open to the Holy Spirit bubbling up inside of me. Show me what you are doing so I can join the movement. Help us, Father, in these days to take every thought captive, quickly catch the enemy's lies and stealing and perishing so that we can live in the fullness of your restoration, fullness of your design, the fullness of our identity in you. We can share it with one another, carry it with us everywhere we go, so that you be glorified, that your kingdom come, let your will be done, let your love be seen through our lives. go, I want to ask you to bless somebody else in this room with what you see of God in them. Okay? Just say, I see this in you that's a gift from God or that's, an, uh, that's part of your identity in God. Bless that. In you. And as we do that, we're also going to celebrate those who have birthdays. Who has a birthday this week? A.W.'s birthday tomorrow? Laura's birthday Tuesday? Jan left, it's her birthday Tuesday as well. You have to celebrate it when you next see her. <laughs> but we have cupcakes to celebrate the birthday people as well. So once you've blessed somebody else in the room, with what you see of Jesus in them, grab a cupcake and bless the birthday folks too. Great week. We will see you back here next Sunday, unless you're a visitor, in which case, for visiting, we bless you. Take the love back to where you came from. Amen. <laughs>